The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there is division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring 8 million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. All right, Mindy Hebner, welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. Mindy is a mindset mastery coach. And the reason that we wanted you to come on the show was basically at, you know, when, you're, when, when you've had a level of success, sometimes we talk about new projects or, you know, kind of earlier on in the leadership process. But when you've had a certain level of success, and I think the higher you go in success, it doesn't matter what you're being successful at, it's just more and more a mental game, right? There's, you know, and, and I've, I've, you know, read about and heard about like um, high-performing athletes, the rise, I think it's what's called the rise of Superman or something, but, you know, and other, and other books. But in, in essence, it, it becomes less and less about what you do and more and more about that mental game. It's between the two ears of the person doing it that, that, that truly those um, next levels, I would just say, of success. It doesn't matter if you're next level of success as a sole entrepreneur or next level of success as, you know, you're running a Fortune 10 or Fortune 100 company, it, especially in that level, you, it's completely mental, right? It's, it's a completely mental game. Who are you being? Right. It's what is your identity? Yeah. So much. Yes. We talk about a lot about communication here on the show. Um, and you really specialize in helping people kind of get in that space of like deprogramming, maybe bad programming and reprogramming um, things to, to go to that next level um, because you can't, uh, you know, I, I did a whole year long executive training program and the, what they said in the very beginning and they echoed throughout that year was you, you can't get to where you want to go using the same tools that got you here because those tools aren't going to get you to the next level of your game, whether that's, you know, business or even personal or family or whatever, whatever got you here is only good to get you here. If you want to become something greater than that, you have to do something different. Exactly. And what I love to say is <clears throat> we cannot out hustle our limiting mm -hmm. beliefs. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We try and, to. And, and let's just start right there with what you just said. What's a limiting belief? What do you even mean by, because you and I have talked a little bit pre-show. So we, I have a, pretty good understanding of limiting beliefs because I've explored them in myself and hopefully I've released some and I know I have released some and I still, but it, but there's always another level of limiting beliefs. Um, so, so what do you mean by a limiting belief? So there's two types of limiting beliefs, conscious and subconscious. Okay. Some limiting beliefs we don't even know we have. Mm -hmm. Other ones, we consciously know it. However, we're not necessarily looking them, looking at them as a limiting belief. So a limiting belief is any belief that limits you from taking that next step, believing that you can, doing that next thing, making that call, leaving that relationship, <laughs> like mm -hmm. any of those things. That is a limiting belief, a belief that limits you. Mm -hmm. They typically come about 
as a form of safety, right? right? Quote, unquote, mm -hmm. safety. Mm -hmm. uh, this belief that I'm only good enough to make X dollars, mm -hmm. right? Has protected me, protected again, until I realized I want to make some more money. <laughs> What's going on? Like, right. why am I, why am I not moving up the C-suite? Why am I not mm -hmm. growing and scaling my business? Mm -hmm. I've got these beliefs and that's just, that's just one, like worth being worthy of mm -hmm. all the things that we want. That's, that's just one party that goes on. Other, other ones are, well, the only way I can have a, have a really successful podcast is if I copy so-and-so. Like yeah. it has to look like that mm -hmm. instead of believing yeah, I can be inspired by that. And then I can make it feel really good to me and be authentic in it. So there's, there's so many limiting beliefs that, that trip us up. Perfectionism, comparison, like those types of things. And, and the conscious beliefs I can probably almost goal set or coach or, you know, get, I can task or I can, I can manage and maybe overcome conscious. It seems that the unconscious, that's like, that's, that's driving me. And I don't even know that it's driving me. I mean, the unconscious, and, and it typically seems like the unconscious are the ones that are a little bit, um, nasty or sticky, or it's just, how do you, how do you get yeah. rid of, how do you overcome something you don't even realize is there? Exactly. So, so yes. And I'm going to okay. say yeah. to you, mm -hmm. yes. And, uh, yes. It would appear that the conscious ones are easier to mm -hmm. overcome. However, not only are they conscious, but they are programmed into your subconscious and their habits. And so right. you go back into patterns mm -hmm. where the limiting belief is leading you. The limiting belief is what is, is guiding that pattern again. Uh, so there is work to be done in the conscious ones first. And that the first level is awareness being mm -hmm. aware. And then the second level of that, typically, <clears throat> okay, I'm now aware that I have this limiting belief. Where does it like to pop up on me? What am I doing? What am I, what activity am I taking place in? What circumstance am I putting myself in? So that you can really start to reverse engineer mm -hmm. that very beginning, that first thought of, well, maybe this isn't going to be a good the, whatever that right. first thought is to then stop the pattern right there. It takes practice to, mm -hmm. to release the limiting beliefs. The second part of a conscious limiting belief is we have given meaning to something. Mm -hmm. So I can remember years and years ago, I said to my mindset coach, I was just starting to grow my email list. Mm -hmm. And she said, what are we, what are we talking about today? And I said, growing my email list is hard. She said, that's not a limiting belief. That's a fact. <laughs> that now, the what you make that fact mean, that's where the limiting belief comes in. So mm -hmm. because it's hard, does that mean I can't do it? Right. Does that mean, right? What does it mean? So we give meaning to something and then don't even go back and revisit it. And it is a program that runs. So mm -hmm. for example, if someone cuts you off in traffic, mm -hmm. pretty much all of us are like some form of jerk like right this is, yeah this yeah, is yeah. What we, yeah right however i like to think about that as okay does that meaning 
is that empowering to me or is it even neutral? No, it's actually disempowering. Now I think the guy that cuts me off or the woman <laughs> is mm-hmm. a jerk, right? Mm-hmm. Although I've cut someone off and right. I'm not a jerk and you've cut someone off and right. you're not a jerk. Mm-hmm. So we give a split second meaning and then we never go back and visit it. <laughs> think about how many times we've done that in our lives with situations, with, with words, what words mm-hmm. mean to us. All of that is piling up and limiting us until we have a moment of clarity or until you work with a coach who says, mm-hmm. hey, Matt, this is what I'm hearing. Right. And then you go, oh, I never thought about it that way. So that's the conscious mm-hmm. limiting beliefs and the meanings that we give that way. Unconscious. I had one many years ago, and that really got me on this this road, this obsession mm-hmm. with rewiring mm-hmm. the brain. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that I had a limiting belief that rest was lazy. <laughs> so I right. overworked right. all the yeah, time. Yeah. Right. I overachieved mm-hmm. all the time. One, uh, like that was my personality. So I, mm-hmm. so I mm-hmm. thought, and it is, I'm very driven. That is, right. however, shaming myself or feeling guilty for wanting to take a break, like not being able to do that caused exhaustion, caused mm-hmm. burnout. So I was extremely successful, mm-hmm. made lots of money, and, right? And it, right. it didn't feel good because I couldn't just lay on the couch and not feel bad about it. Now, my journey has taken me to rest breeds productivity and creativity. Mm-hmm. And the more I rest, the better I am, right? The more, right. more I rest, the more money I make. The more I mm-hmm. rest, the nicer human I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the more, right? Mm-hmm. The more I rest, the less I actually have to work. Right. Because I am so much more productive in such a higher level of thinking. So that one was subconscious, unconscious. It was an right. unconscious one until I had my own epiphany. Mm-hmm. That can happen with us. Typically, it's someone else saying to us, reflecting. Have you ever noticed yeah. that, right. that you, like, that this is what you say or this is what you do? And then you go, <laughs> No, I didn't notice that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. And then how did you reprogram that? Because if it was subconscious, it's obviously, you know, not yeah. just. Not well, just... now I was aware. Right. So you, so awareness was the first step. So I, I looked at the programming a little bit as well, mm-hmm. right? How did that come in? Well, my dad was a workaholic. Mm-hmm. I married an overachiever who worked right. all the time, too. Mm-hmm. All my life, I was... Uh, shown and remind me to come back to the way we filter though all mm-hmm. my life i was shown that that you like the more you work the more you're worth Got like it. earning mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. worth right, right. getting uh-huh. people to go oh my gosh right like those mm-hmm. types of things without knowing it and then so i looked at it and like i don't need to earn my worth like mm-hmm. this is also a limiting belief so i just started untangling that and it was a habit it was a pattern So when I would recognize the pattern, then I would say, okay, wait, this is just a habit. Mm -hmm. I'm, this is literally what I say to my client. I broke up with you. I say this to the habit, like you and me, we're over. Right. And I'm moving my attention Mm -hmm. and I, I sometimes physically move my body in another direction, but I move my attention. So the beginning Mm -hmm. of that is knowing what I want to move my attention to. So if mm-hmm. I know I'm looking to break a habit, a subconscious mm-hmm. pattern, and I'm rewiring it, then I want to have 
a little arsenal of what I'm going to move my attention to. Right. Exactly. An anchor yep. that reminds me of whatever it is that I am unwiring at the time, mm -hmm. the opposite of that. And so when you say anchoring, you're talking about a physical anchor or are you talking about like a almost a mantra type anchor? Both. Either. Yep. They can both okay. be anchor could be uh, a, like a an essential oil fragrance. It could be a song. Mm -hmm. It could be a piece of jewelry. It can be in NLP. We can set like, actual anchors on your mm -hmm. body to trigger states of being. It can be a mantra. It can be a vow to yourself, like mm -hmm. any of those things. And, mm -hmm. and so having something to turn your attention to mm -hmm. is essential in breaking the pattern so that you can stop the momentum in that direction and move to another direction and move your thoughts to another direction, move your physicality to another direction. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm a recovering overachiever myself. So I'm still, you know, it's like kind of like an alcoholic. You're always an alcoholic. You just, you've learned to, right. <laughs> right? You've learned to balance life. So, but anyway, so I had to, so I reframed it with some help with coaching. I reframed that, but I had to replace it because I couldn't, I couldn't just throw it away because then exactly. it creates a vacuum and a void. And then who knows what goes in there next? It could be worse. Right. And so for me, I turned it and I wasn't even that, um, at the time, I wouldn't say I was that spiritual or, or, or religious or anything like that, but I, I flipped it to how do I see the God in this? Right. Mm -hmm. So I just slight modification took out an O right <laughs> or, you know, yeah. and, and all of a sudden, you know, then it shifted how I, and it took a while to your point, it was practice because even though I did some NLP type stuff and tried to, you know, deprogram it, it was pretty deep. And so it would still pop up from time to time. And then sometimes I would just physically have to stop myself and say, okay, wait, that's the old program. What's the new program? How do I see the God in this? And then I would look around and go, oh, okay, well, you know, you know, this and this and this, and this is, you know, this is how God planned the world or. Or this, and so when I said, how do I see the godness, you know, how do I see the goodness too, yeah, right? Those exactly. two things kind of coexisted. And so it just kind of helped uh, me relax a little. Now that took a long time to deprogram because it was at the base. Exactly. But so, and I just really wanted to kind of give that as fodder for our conversation, but also a story so that people can relate and say, mm -hmm. oh, because I didn't know it was there. And when I say I didn't know it was there, I was 32, 33. No, no, I was probably 35, 36. And I'd been living with this program and didn't know it was running until I started looking at everything in my life. And then I was like, that question applies to everything in my life. First, our brain deletes, distorts, and generalizes based on what we believe, mm -hmm. even if it's subconscious. So uh, we have a RAS, we have a reticular activating system that works as a filter. The data that comes at us mm -hmm. in a, any given day would make our heads explode if right. we had to filter Take it all in and, yeah. each piece in. So instead, we have this filtering system that takes giant chunks of it and goes, delete, like you don't even see this, right? Right, right. Distort, we're going we're gonna to uphold that belief that, you know, like rest is lazy, that right. yep. it's not good enough. This isn't good enough. We're going to uphold that belief right. so you don't even have to think about it. And then we're going to generalize over here. Like, mm -hmm. So it, we take in uh, like five to seven actual bits of data a day, like, like. It mm -hmm. is so crazy how our system filters. So it has to have a filtering system in mm -hmm. it, deleting, distorting, and generalizing. Once we bring something to the conscious, so the Bader-Meinhof theory, mm -hmm. you uh, go to get the new, I don't even know what generation Apple phone, right? 15, because like my wife got one. Okay. I got one for my wife. Okay. I know 15's out. 
right? You're not seeing it anywhere. You're not, you're not, right. you're not seeing the commercials, deleting, mm -hmm. distorting, and generalizing, right? Mm -hmm. You're not seeing commercials. You're not seeing people having all of a sudden, you're like, I think I like the new Apple. I, mm -hmm. It's time, right? I'm going to have You get the phone everywhere you look. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got it. It's every ad on Instagram. It's every mm -hmm. ad. This is the beta mind hub theory. We don't see it until we bring it into our conscious. Mm -hmm. And so it was there. People were mm -hmm. having it. Right. Right. We didn't see it until we brought it to the conscious. So it's the same. It's like that with a limiting belief as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once we bring it forward. Oh, well, now you saw it everywhere. Right. <laughs> you yes. saw how it was affecting you everywhere mm -hmm. and so you had so many opportunities then mm -hmm. to go oh old programming shifting and you talked about putting a new programming in which is very similar to i move my attention to right right yep. this is, I totally same my thing attention yep. to this new yep. thing right and when we were talking about meaning the meaning mm -hmm. that we give something so <clears throat> when you were using the is this good enough in business mm -hmm. i call this checking the data so there are seven essential keys to creating the success that we want. And the first three, know what you want, take action, check the data. Mm -hmm. So know what you want. Believe it or not, that's more difficult for people. Yeah. Than, right. Like, yeah, well, yeah, we totally. We don't want. We know how we right. don't want. Yes. People. So right. let's flip that over so we can get crystal clear. Know what you want. Take action. And when I say action, aligned action. Mm -hmm. Not spaghetti at the wall, not like take the action, the needle mover action. Also, like that's not as easy as, as it sounds, mm -hmm. but we take practice in it. The third key is checking the data. Here's what we do as humans. We make the data our identity and we mm -hmm. make the data mean. So this business idea, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. isn't working. Mm -hmm. It's failing. I'm a failure. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Yep. This I've is been, the yep. next thing that we do is we yes. over-identify with the data mm -hmm. instead of saying to ourselves, this is data. Mm -hmm. These are metrics mm -hmm. to give me a, a direction. That's it. Right. Like, so the data Test. says, yes. this is working. Yep. Bravo. I'm going to keep doing it. The data says, this isn't working. Okay. Time to reassess the action mm -hmm. that I'm taking. The data says this part's working and this part's not. Okay, great. I get to tweak. Mm -hmm. it, it's just data. And we get so caught up in giving the data meaning about our worth, mm -hmm. our value, mm -hmm. our identity. And that is huge. See, us. I still, so, I really think I've got that couch behind me. I could probably move this monitor <laughs> right over to the couch because you're pre pretty much describing the last four years of my life, right? All of us, all right. of us, whether we're on a health journey and mm -hmm. the data is the scale. Right. So identity, I started yes. running at 39 and quickly took on the identity of a runner. Uh huh. And that meant a lot to me Yes. Uh, to identify with other runners, with mm -hmm. just racing and doing things. like. And I was never, please don't hear me say I was ever kind of any Olympic athlete or anything right. like that. But to me, like the levels mm -hmm. that I would achieve for me, I had goals that yeah. trained and Times all kinds we were looking, of things. Yeah. And really, like, I'm a runner. Like, right. it was a mm -hmm. thing, right? Yeah. It was mm -hmm. an identity. And then I got hurt. Oh, mm -hmm. yep. And I couldn't run. Mm -hmm. And I had a, a moment longer right, than of, course. of, well, who am I? I'm not a runner. 
who am I? This is this is the if your identity mm-hmm. now boxes you in. If your right. identity is no longer expansive, it's it's essential to take a look at it. It's essential to go, okay, wait a minute, what am I making this mean? I was making it mean so much about me that I was a runner. So mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to say, and I do the work, right? Like mm-hmm. I have access to these tools and do the work. And then I said to myself, okay, just because I'm not a runner in this moment, like mm-hmm. hopefully I'll heal, right? And if mm-hmm. I don't, what is it about identifying as a runner mm-hmm. that that I like so much? Right. Expand this. And when I went deeper on it, I identify as a woman who, or a human who Mm -hmm. really loves to move her body to Mm -hmm. feel good. Mm -hmm. This is what I got from running, right? Mm -hmm. I got to move my body. I got to feel good. I got to work hard because I, Mm -hmm. I, because I am. Yeah. You like to work hard. Yeah. And I got the reward from it. I got to rest. Mm -hmm. I got it like I got to fuel for races. There were all Mm -hmm. these things that that got to happen in that, that that happened in it. And so when I figured out that truly the identity was a woman who moves her body to feel good. Mm -hmm. Well, now that blew wide open. Right. One of the ways I can do that is to run. Mm -hmm. And I love to run. Mm -hmm. And I finally healed and was able to start running again. And I've continued to get older. Mm-hmm. And it's running is harder on my knees and harder mm-hmm. on those yep. things, right? Still love it. Like, we'll run for fun. This is how mm-hmm. much I, yeah. I like it. And now I also strength train, lift heavy weights, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I will walk on the treadmill. I'll go for walks. I live in a, a town that has a huge lake. I'll go mm-hmm. walk around the lake. I will move my body in a whole bunch of ways to feel good. Right. And, and, and that is the identity, and it's super expansive mm-hmm. as opposed to just a runner, right? Yes, and, and you're bringing up a point that I've heard made in se- by several different oh, thought leaders, teachers, coaches, that it's, um, you know, a lot of times we ourselves hold this super high standard for ourselves that we are only going to be happy or I'm only going to feel successful or I'm only going to feel loved if this happens and that happens and this happens, right? And we, we make it so conditional that it never actually happens. Or even if we get the thing, it's, there's not happiness in it because it's so conditional versus the reverse engineering, which would seem counterintuitive, um, which is kind of, I would say, in a way, lowering the standard, but not in a bad way to where we start to feel success. And I'll, I'm here to tell you, if you're a driven person, you're always going to be a driven person. Exactly. You, to, to your point, you're, you're driven to rest now, but it's probably a thing <laughs> where you've got boxes around rest, right? I, I am in a new phase of my life where I'm, where I'm like, self-care is a big thing, but you know, it's, it's 40 straight days of health care, uh, of self-care, right? It's, it's not just, I have boxes I'm checking on an app, right? That I'm like, so I'm like, no, 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 I'm cold plunging and I'm doing the sauna and I'm, you know, doing a quiet time and I'm doing some, you know, meditation or, you know, breathing exercise. So my, my self-care is very regimented, regimented, but it's working. Right. Because I've made a game out of you. it. And yeah, it, that's it, how I. Yeah. You yes. Operate. This right. makes you feel good in the way yes. that you're showing up. So right. there's no like that. That I, I always say to my clients, like, you can't get it wrong. You can get it more right. Yeah. We can keep practicing, right? But you right. can't get it wrong. If you're taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. like 
then you can't get it wrong. Like you're taking care of yourself. You're right. you're consciously casting the votes yep. towards doing those things. And right. and so I agree 100%. Like it doesn't, we do, and overachievers, high achievers, we set the bar. Here's the thing about me. <laughs> I will never hold a standard for someone else that I don't have doubled for myself. Right, of course. And that is a practice that I unlearn uh-huh. every yep. day to yep. let myself off the hook mm-hmm. of standards that are unachievable right. on a consistent basis. Right. right? On a consistent yep. basis. Right. No one's perfect. If we're, I say, if we're casting votes 80% of the time, if we're showing up 80% of the time mm-hmm. in a way that we want to, like moving us towards the life we want, the experience that we want, whatever that is, we are freaking killing it. We are gold meddling in it. Mm-hmm. If, we're, if we're able to do that 80% of the time, like that is 100% of the time. Seriously, right. like yeah, being yeah. able to, right. to be in there 80% of the time. The really interesting thing about identities is that we need lots of them mm-hmm. because we cycle through them all day long. Right. And every identity is a role with a goal. <laughs> right. Think about that. So we, every identity is a role with a goal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. mostly right now, you're going to stay in the identity of podcast host. Yes. You're going to tap yep. into self-improvement, mm-hmm. junkie. You're going to tap yep. into like whatever, whatever those identities are. Here's where we also get really tripped up with ourselves. When we are identifying or over-identifying, I'm mad. Notice what the words we say after I am are some of the mm-hmm. most powerful right. in the universe. So when we over-identify or when, when we, we just identify with, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm mm-hmm. lonely, right? When we're mm-hmm. there, that's, it, it's not a bad thing. What we get to ask ourselves is, okay, every identity is a role with a goal. If I'm angry right mm-hmm. now, I'm angry, mm-hmm. Mindy. What's my goal? What's my intention? What's my need? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm angry because I want to be angry. I want to say mean things. I want to like stop my foot. I want, okay, great. There's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. The problem comes in when we stay stuck in the identity. So mm-hmm. if you were stuck in the identity of son, Mm-hmm. with your wife mm-hmm. and with your guests, mm-hmm. that is not going to cut it. Like, that is going to be weird. Right. right. right? It's like, be it's weird. not yeah. going to serve totally. you. It's not going right. to serve you. So learning how to integrate our identities, mm-hmm. they're all on a, on a spectrum. So if we're talking about just you personally, like if we said angry to happy, let's just mm-hmm. say that. And for those of you not watching, I, I'm mm-hmm. doing like angry on one side, happy on the other side. And it, it's a spectrum mm-hmm. that we're going on. So angry Matt and happy Matt, they're the same Matt. They're on a spectrum. So mm-hmm. we're moving on the spectrum. We have a preference over who we want to show up as. I'm going to say probably more often than not, you want to be more on the happier side, the content mm-hmm. side right. than the angry mm-hmm. side. However, Angry Matt needs to pop out sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like he serves a purpose. So we're not shaming either one of those identities. What we're, what we want to like grow into is saying, oh, I need both Mm -hmm. to operate as a fully functional human. I'm going to integrate them in so that I have a choice over who shows up, not 
the identity choosing me, not the identity, but like not being able to control angry Matt or not being mm-hmm. able to control spiritually bypassing happy head in the clouds, <laughs> right? Like right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is now this is some deep work. And yes. th- this being able to tap into our identity that way, mm-hmm. consciously, so that subconsciously then we program ourselves to know that it's safe to rock into any identity and tap into what's the goal here? To so roll with mm-hmm. the goal. What do I need? Do mm-hmm. I need to stomp and yell and go outside and whatever, like yell into a pillow to move, to shift this emotion? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Then I, I'm, I am. Like I, I deserve right. It's knowing that you have a conscious choice mm-hmm. over who you're being mm-hmm. is like game changer. I read recently that game changer is a word that we should cancel, but I really like it. It's game changer <laughs> when we do it. It really is. I didn't hear that, so I won't cancel it. Okay, good. We won't, we won't bleep it out on the show. The, um, the, so I have been exposed and to stuff that's called parts work, and that sounds like kind of what you're describing, but in parts work, you know, a lot of times I have, and I've even coached other others to actually give it a different name than Matt so that it becomes so like, like when you were talking about the angry, well, that in my world's kind of the, the bad man, right? And the bad man is a certain part of my personality. And even though I'm calling him the bad man, I, I'm not disowning him. I'm just allowing him to have, if, if I'm, if I'm really thoughtful, I allow him to have his time and space to basically I used to envision it like I'd wake up in the morning and, and a way to kind of manage, I guess that part of my personality would be like, he would phone in from prison and he would tell me, no, this was literal. This isn't a made up thing. Like literally he would phone me from prison when I was in the shower first thing in the morning. And he would basically run through all the things that he would like to do in the world that day. And they were all terribly criminal, (laughs) right? And then I would just be like, is there more, is there more? And then he would run out of steam and energy. And then I'd say, okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. And that would allow me at least to, in a way, disidentify like that's me, but it, I, but still owning that it's me mm-hmm. um, and giving me some, some, some time to shift. Um, and, and if I didn't give him time, I did notice this. If I didn't give him airtime, then he would just pop in on the most inconvenient moments. Like he wouldn't just call in in the shower in the morning. He would wait until I'm with another human being. And then he would show up and say bad things, right? Or do stupid stuff, right? And then that was not, not, not so fun for me or for the other person, right? Yes. That's where regret comes in. So I'm super familiar with parts work, uh, uh-huh. where I uh, received my NLP training. Um, a whole is better than parts. And so uh-huh. they really were uh-huh. taught us yeah. to, to integrate. Right? Yes, totally. And, yeah. and so here's the other thing about identity. I'm so glad mm-hmm. that you brought that up. When we de-identify mm-hmm. with the emotion, angry, bad, jailed Matt, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when we de-identify with the emotion, the, like the ultimate consciousness is mm-hmm. just me. Mm-hmm. I'm just me. I'm just mm-hmm. Mindy. And now I can have this emotion or this emotion. Mm-hmm but I'm just, you're just Matt, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the ultimate, like, if we're going to get super high, like that is the <laughs> ultimate higher <laughs> consciousness. Right. One being with the divine is right. I'm just mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I have no goal except right. to be and exist. And that like, wow, we just went way up here. <laughs> 
right? Well, we could go farther, Mindy. In I another know, hour, we could. Oh we could go God. so much farther. We could. We could. <laughs> the work is in de-identifying, saying this is not me. Mm-hmm. This is an emotion I'm experiencing, right? We're getting rid right. of the I am. And right. we're saying, like, I can experience this mm-hmm. without taking it on. Right. Without being the only only thing in my exactly because right. we can't filter it, mm-hmm. it's very difficult but one of my mentors in learning a process called rapid rewire that i recently mm-hmm. last year i was certified in would talk about his dad constantly identifying as a marine like never letting down the marine which is extremely problematic when yes. you're you know talking to a four-year-old right right like, right. like a four-year-old doesn't need a marine right needs a daddy Right. Right. Or what or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a wife needs a husband. She doesn't right. need a Marine. Funny enough, I am married to a Marine. He's retired. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. however, so I totally get the analogy of when you are only seeing yourself through one lens, one identity, mm-hmm. how that can really just muck up the works. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> totally. So, Mindy, this is your podcast. How would you like to? Would you like to put a bow on this? Well, what I would really love yes. to tie yeah. this up with is you you really get to ask yourself mm-hmm. two questions all the time. Uh, and they and you were talking about the quote, where's the where's the good in this, where's the God in this, right? Mm-hmm. The, yep. the two questions are who am I being mm-hmm. and who do I want to be? Mm. Right? Like who am I being? And who do I want to be? And better than who do I want to be? You know what? Scratch that. Who am I being? Who do I get to be? Mm. Mm. Who who do I get to be? Because I get to be anything I want. So if I'm being someone who's not uh, giving someone else grace, not giving myself grace, not taking care of myself, not thinking before I speak, not whatever. There's no shame. We're not shaming that. We're not Mm -hmm. shooting that. We're just taking a beat Mm -hmm. and saying to ourselves, who am I being? Who do I get to be? I, I get to be this person. And maybe right now, I'm not moving in that direction. However, I'm becoming more and more aware. Recognizing who we're being is is the very beginning of the magic, mm-hmm. right? Is is that moment of like, oh, <laughs> is that interesting? <laughs> right. Like, what is up with me right now? Mm-hmm. When we start to recognize those things. So really elevating your awareness. Who am I being? Who do I get to be? Those two questions right there will really allow you to start journaling, allow you to start going deeper. Because uh, who do I get to be is really like, what does that human look like? What do they sound like? What kind of people do they have in their lives? What podcasts do they listen to? Right? right. Like what, what, how much sleep do they get? It's asking all those questions, uh, fun questions to, to really dream and cast a vision in order to get where you want to go. You get to be real clear on where you're at. Totally. Totally. Okay. Well, I'll let that be the the wrap to this. So for people who do want more, you have a website. So they it's you're easy to find. It's Mindy Hebner. And that and so it's M-I-N-D-I-H-U-E-B-N-E-R. Because her her husband's family's from Germany and they didn't <laughs> know English. And so they pronounce it Hebner, <laughs> right? H-U-E-B. <laughs> ner.com so it's mindy with an i two eyes hebner.com and then you have all your stuff on there you um, can find about... me anywhere on the socials mindy got it. like you okay and even, even if you spell it wrong i'm gonna come up like, okay you've done a great me. job there's of... not another one of me <laughs> perfect <laughs> perfect you be the best you you can be 
<laughs> right? There is no more one more you than you. <laughs> but, um, perfect. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mindy. Thank you so much. And I wish you the best. Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's B-R-I-T-E, vibe, B-I-B-E.com. Thank you for listening.